Okay, guys, thank you for joining the Dad Presents. And uh, let me just tell you, on our next show next week, we have Reed Coverdale of the Liberty Lockdown Show coming in in studio. And I'm super excited about that to talk about libertarianism for a whole episode. But today, for the second show in a row, you get just pure Maddie at you. And, you know, we, we did that last week, and I thought you wouldn't like it. But as it turns out, the last show got better numbers than typical. So I guess you really like me. Thanks, guys. So, hey, how are you guys? Um, what's going on here? To, this weekend's my wife's birthday, um, which is always exciting. And last night, my wife's Filipino family came over for her birthday. It's, it's a sister. She's got like 30 sisters. It's a sisterhood of loud-talking, angry, divorced Filipino nurses. And, and they came over here with a karaoke machine and, and did like... Six hours of karaoke in my living room, complete with microphones, disco ball, Filipino food, and that was just awesome. But um, happy birthday to the bride. I love you. She's absolutely the best wife I've ever had. No question. So here, I, you know, I don't know. You know, we just had Mother's Day. I don't know how that was for you dads. Um, over here, um we in one month we have mother's day the wife's birthday father's day my birthday our anniversary and our 9 year old's birthday like six things in 4 weeks 5 weeks whatever and it's just a bonkers time of year every year and really my only goal is to get through this time period without getting into trouble and i went all out on mother's day i still kind of got into trouble um, but that I just want to minimize damage and and cruise through this, get the right presents, say the right things, stay out of her hair, and it's you know it's even like that on on my birthday and Father's Day because let's be honest, dads, Father's Day is not really for the father. I mean, sure, I might get like a BJ or something, but it's not like I get to decide what I want to do that day. I mean, it's, we're not going to go to a strip club or go rock climbing or go to a football game or they're not just going to like disappear and leave me alone. My kids, they're, they're give me some bullshit coupon book redeemable for back rubs or some other favors that they never intend to do for me. And I'll have to act super excited about it before I throw them in a drawer with the seven other unused coupon books from the last seven Father's Days. Um. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you guys know that's how it is, right? Father's Day are not for the fathers. Mother's Day and Father's Day is for the mothers. Anyway, I, I love the shit out of my family. I do. I don't. I, I just make jokes. I absolutely love them. We have a great time. This weekend's going to be fun. We're getting together with friends tonight for another party because, you know, got to have two, three, four birthday parties. <laughs> All I'm saying is that holidays and milestones, they're not for married men. I mean, you show me a man who gets excited about his wedding anniversary. And I will show you that man's husband because that dude is gay married. 100% chance of it. Only gay married dudes get to have fun on their wedding anniversary. So meanwhile, while I'm trying to prepare for this uh, family extravaganza last night, my nine-year-old, he's like, he's asking me if he can practice axe throwing into my bow and arrow target. And of course, I said no because I don't want him to lose a finger or die. And you say no, and of course, it ends with a, an endless barrage of why, why, why? You know, if my kids don't ask why a thousand times in a day, 
then I haven't woken up. I'm probably already dead. And before I became a dad, I swore that when my kids asked why, that I'd, I'd give them a reason because I absolutely, I hated being a kid and being curious and having questions. And I'd, I'd, I'd ask my dad or another grown up why. And, and the answer would be, because I said so. Oh, that got under my skin. So I swore I'd never do that. And, and I believe that when a kid asks why, it's because he's got a curious mind. It's a, it's a sign of intelligence. I believe that because I asked why all the time and I'm super genius. <laughs> Kidding. Um, but I think it's a sign of intelligence. But much of the time, what I've learned as a dad is much of the time when a kid asks why, I give an answer. I'll give them an answer. I'll give them a reason if they're asking to do something or if they're asking uh, why something works a certain way, I'll give them a reason. But then what they do is they ask 25 more times like they didn't hear the answer because they don't actually mean why. Why can't I throw an axe into your bow and arrow target? What he means is, dad, this fucking sucks and I want to make my own decisions. That's what he means. That's what they mean when they say why. And I can sympathize, you know, and someday, son, you'll be able to make your own decisions. Except that that's actually a friggin' giant lie because then you grow up and you get a job and you got a boss telling you what to do and you get married and you got a wife telling you what to do and you got the federal government telling you what to do. So, that, I'm, you know, I'm doing my kids a favor right now. I'm basically training them for life. Telling you what to do is life, buddy. Just get used to it. That's my friggin' answer. Now, leave me alone so I can prepare this dinner and get this house ready for the seven divorced Filipino girls who believe they are Taylor Swift. I mean, I I just hope Elon has those sex robots ready soon. Society needs them. We need the sex robots. It would do so much to fix problems. I really mean that. <laughs> anyway, um... And, and I know like with the children, when they're whining, the easy thing to do is give them their devices, give them their iPad and make them shut up. And I'm not above doing that. We've done that. And I get why some parents do that, but it's just, it's not good for them. And I've seen too many kids in the last year because of this pandemic. And now that we're coming out of the pandemic, they're still walking around with their masks on and they're still incapable and and basically not interested in socializing with other kids. We had a we had a 13-year-old girl over here the other night wearing her mask in the house and she's in the room with my kids and they're both just staring at their iPads. No interaction. So we let our kids do the iPad, but we have rules. Number one, before you touch that thing, your homework better be done. You need to exercise for at least an hour. That can be skateboarding. That can be going in the in my garage and lifting weights. Uh, it can be going for a jog, whatever. Um, and you got to do something creative. You got to draw a picture. You got to write a story, something. Excuse me. Then you get the iPad and you get it for two hours a night. So what else is going on? Um, so yeah, the CDC's changing tune. President's changing tune. Did you see the president's tweet? He, he tweeted out, Wear the mask or get the vaccine. The choice is yours. Then he, then he, then he stuck his hand and arm straight out from his body, like, like if he was waving at somebody. Except he, he made it more of like a weird, stiff salute. It was weird. It was weird. But yeah, he tweeted, "Wear your mask or get your vaccine." 
the choice is yours. He tweeted it and he said it. So they can't really blame it on whoever's running his social media account because he also said it in an interview. I mean, number one, you know, I don't want to go back to Trump, but can you imagine if Trump said something like that, how much shit would hit the fan? But forget that. This, that is something a dictator says. Wears the mask or gets the vaccine. I mean, bro, you don't get to dictate to people how they dress. You just don't. Okay? But now the CDC is finally saying we can go without the masks, which is nice. I mean, so glad they're letting us breathe air again. Thank you, dear overlords of the CDC, with blessing us with the gift of clean air on our bare mouths and nose holes. Yeah, I mean, you're so gracious and generous and good, and you're so pretty and nice and smart, and we're so lucky and blessed to have you ruling over us, dear leaders. Blessed be under his eye. I mean, do you guys watch... Um, was it Handmaid's Tale? That's that's what society now reminds me of. Just government overreach run amok. Uh, but yeah, the CDC is letting us go without the masks. Basically, two weeks after they said you still had to wear your mask. Okay, whatever. I'm good with it. But what's hilarious is that many blue states, like our wonderful state of California, they're saying they aren't going to listen to the CDC. The schools are still going to have the kids wearing the masks. And uh, like I said, we had friends over and they were wearing the masks. My kids still have to wear masks outdoors while playing basketball. And the really weird thing is, is I watched the Lakers play the Clippers last week and LeBron James wasn't wearing a mask indoors with fans in attendance, which is so weird. So, I mean, I don't know. I guess COVID wants to get my kids, but not LeBron. I don't know. Maybe COVID's woke. We kind of found that out last summer during the BLM rallies when we were told that uh, the rallies were okay and not necessary and dangerous. But the, the rallies for uh, protesting, protesting the lockdowns, very dangerous. And, and then on with that, you know, you have a new poll that just came out. I, I think it was a Gallup poll, maybe. I'm, I'm not really sure, honestly. Don't quote me on that. But a, a poll... I saw it and it showed that vaccinated people are far less likely to feel comfortable socializing in public or going to a party than are non-vaccinated people. I mean, that makes literally no sense. How, how did we get to a place where a disease and its cure have become so politicized that you, you're going to know how somebody feels about lockdowns, masking, um, the vaccine based on how they voted. If you know who they voted for, there's a good chance, 90% chance you can guess how they feel about it. That's wrong, man. That politics should not be invading every aspect of our life, most especially healthcare. And now you got Newsom and Cuomo, Governor Cuomo, saying they're not going to listen to the CDC. So we got these, you know, the governors of science saying, uh, fuck you scientists, you know, Cuomo's like, you know, ah, what a pretty baby, put a mask on the baby, you know, he's over there in Illinois just saying he's not going to follow along with the CDC. Actually, that's not 
probably how Cuomo talks. That's that's more of like we went to Italy last year, and and I love it because everybody would call our kids the baby. How is the baby? And my kids are like eleven and eight, and it uh, cracked me up. But Cuomo's probably more like uh, I don't know. Uh, he sounds more like Hey, yo, Tony, put a mask on, you gabooch. All right, I don't I don't do impressions. Pretty bad. I'm not gonna do that anymore. Point is. These guys, they've been lecturing us. That's pretty cringy. Maybe I'll edit that out. Probably not. I don't give a fuck. Um, they've been telling us, um, follow science, follow science, follow science. All the while, all this time, they've not been following the science at all. You know, I've been following the science. I've been reading the science, following the science. My position has not changed from like April till now, last April. They've not been following the science, but they've been following what government says the science is okay whatever but now the the government scientists at the cdc have changed their tune now they're saying oh fuck those guys all right man all right so you know for months the cdc was saying one thing and red states were not listening now the cdc is changing their tune and the blue states aren't listening and what this basically tells us is that we're more divided than ever and it's time to break down the federal government and all these ridiculous agencies and let the states deal with shit themselves right let the states work it out nobody's listening to the CDC anyway nobody so you know and and the government has done such a terrible job on messaging with this vaccine by telling lies and half-truths and censoring speech and changing their messaging over and over. And then the Johnson and Johnson debacle, they've done a, a terrible job. And because of that, a lot of people don't want it. So now instead of doing a better job and convincing people why they should get it, now they're threatening people by, uh, uh, you know, where's the mask or get the vaccine and, and bribing people. Now they're bribing people, right? So governments are offering over there. You got, uh, you got, um, What's his name? What just happened? What just happened? I'm sorry. We had a minor technical difficulty there, but we got it worked out. But anyway, what I'm saying is, you know, they screwed up the Johnson & Johnson thing. They've done a terrible job on messaging. So now they're threatening us with, yeah, get this shot or wear the mask. Or they're, they're going to try to bribe you, literally bribing you now. Some, some governors like or uh, mayors like de Blasio is offering free French fries for the vaccine. And then you got some cities like Buffalo. What they're doing is they're sending nurses to bars to give you a vaccine in exchange for buying you a beer. I mean, how freaking creepy is that? You know, it's like, it's like, uh, come here, cutie pie. Let me stick this in you and I'll buy you a beer. You know, it's okay. Just a tip. I mean, what happened to informed consent and the idea that you can't consent to things when you're not sober? Does this not apply to Uncle Sam? I mean, just, just do a better job of convincing people why they should get the vaccine. And now Pfizer wants you to vaccinate your children. They say it's totally safe. Um, yeah, okay, Pfizer, totally trust you. Totally believe you because pharmaceutical companies never lie. In fact, just yesterday I was reading your article about how safe it was as I was crushing up some Oxycontin and jabbing it into my veins. I mean, come on. It might very well be safe. I hope it is safe, but I'm not taking Pfizer's word for it and I'm not taking the government's word for it. And I know a lot of people vaccinating their kids and that's great. If you want to do that, that's great. We're not going to do that 
There's just no reason to. For us, there's no reason to. I mean, if you just look at the facts, less than 100 kids have died from COVID. More than 200 in the last year have died from the flu. My kids don't have the flu shot. Nobody seems to care. Meanwhile, true fact, CDC website, 3,500 people have died within 24 hours of getting the vaccine per the CDC. And that's just the people who have died that they can attribute to the vaccine. So, you know, that's really not a lot in the grand scheme of things of all the people who have gotten it, but it's something, right? It's something and it's more than have died from all other vaccines in the last 20 years. But anyway, it's really not that much. But why am I going to give my kids a medicine that they don't need for which we don't know the long-term consequences when that medicine has actually done harm to some people? You know, not an anti-vaxxer. My kids have all the vaccines they need. Don't need this one. And now I'm sure this podcast will probably get pulled from iTunes, but whatever. I mean, we're just losing our minds. I went to the grocery store last night for the karaoke party to get some beverages and I didn't wear a mask. And guy told me to put his mask on, my mask on. And I, and I repeated what the CDC said. I said, you know, they say we don't have to anymore. And he says, when you have to here. And what I want to know is when did California become such a bunch of sissies? It used to be a state full of outlaws and risk takers. And, and we've become more conservative than backwoods West Virginia. We have. You know, I came here because California was an exciting state full of people willing to take chances and try new things. And now we're just a bunch of whiny babies. I went to hot yoga last week. I I do that for my neck and my back. I've had a lot of surgeries. In hot yoga, they heat the room to 1,700 degrees. Super hot. You sweat like a pig. I haven't done it in a year. I'm out of shape. I'm fat. And the nose Nazi next to me, she says, you need to wear your mask. And I said, uh, no, I don't. The teacher's not even wearing a mask. And she says, the teacher doesn't need to because she's talking. Like, um, okay, that's science, babe. And she says, just put it on. You're making me uncomfortable. And, and it's like, I'm making you uncomfortable. That's, that's the new thing now. So what I say is, look, lady, I don't have a mask, but I'll take my underwear off and wear them over my face if you want, if that makes you comfortable. But then you're going to see my peener and fall in love with me. And that's going to be a problem because I don't like you. And yes, I really said that. She got up, huffed and puffed, <laughs> walks to the other side of the room with all the other dumb masked people and does yoga over there. And of course, 15 minutes into class, She and everybody else took their masks off because it's 130 degrees and you're sweating into a mask and you can't breathe through a wet cloth as we've learned from CIA waterboarding torture. It was brutal. I got got super dizzy. I laid down. I threw up into my towel and I lost consciousness for a few seconds because I'm fat, but I'll keep going back because I'm not a sissy and I don't give up. But we have so many rules in California, so many rules and laws and so many people that are all too eager to follow them and behave like freaking hall monitors and bark at you if you don't want to follow them. It's like we have so many laws in California that every law we have has a, a law that contradicts that law. True story. The smart thing to do would be to audit the laws and get rid of a few of them. But I imagine that we probably have some law that requires you to get a permit to get permission to request access to the laws for the purpose of auditing the laws. And we all know it's impossible to get a permit in this ridiculous state. So, you know, 
I've been wearing a mask. I've been following all the rules. I go into a business. I wear a mask. I'm not, uh, it's your business. I'll do what you want. And I'm not trying to make people uncomfortable. However, for the past three months, I have a post office box. I've been going to that post office box and I've been going way overboard to make a point. I walk in with no mask, but also no shoes, no shirt. I walk in shirtless, shoeless, maskless. I empty my box and I leave. And I know it's a total dick move. But look, man, it's your store. I'll follow your rules. But the government, nah, not doing it. I'm defiant for now on. You stop stealing money out of my paycheck and my investments and spending it on things I don't want, like uh, dropping bombs on brown kids in Yemen and genital replacement surgery for children and giving out donuts to morbidly obese people. Stop stealing my money and spending it on that stuff. Then you can tell me how to dress in the post office that my money's paying for. So am I going to get arrested? Yeah, probably. Probably at some point. I become a cynical D-bag. Sorry, not sorry. And I feel like we got to this point in society where everything is so, uh, so divided because of Donald Trump and how people feel about him. If Donald, I feel like if Donald Trump would have come out and said, this disease is the worst thing ever. Wear your mask 24-7 and we're shutting everything down. If he would have said that, the way people would have reacted in this country, for the most part, would have been flipped. Liberals were already calling him a dictator. Can you imagine if he came out and locked down the country and forced people out of work? You don't think the liberals would have lost their collective minds? And to the contrary, to on the other side, Trump supporters would have been 100% behind him. And that's not how society should be going. We should not be forming our opinions based on how we feel about our politicians, all of whom suck. So I've come to a recent conclusion that there's about a thousand really smart people in the world who discover and invent things and come up with new theories. And they're truly on another, another level than the rest of us. They're just in another realm. And the rest of us, we're just taking in information. Uh, Logically, we're reading it. We're logically making deductions from it. And then we regurgitate those other people's ideas. And I can do that as well as any supposed expert who read some papers and got a degree. Look, I got a degree in health sciences. I don't talk about that a lot, but I do. I got a degree. I got a bachelor's, but I don't walk around calling myself an expert because I'm not. And it would be a silly thing to say, okay? But I can read a paper about microbiology, or I can read a paper about the law, or I can read a paper about uh, whatever subject, take in the brilliant ideas of some truly genius person understand them, compare them to other ideas from some other genius who has other ideas. And I can make my own logical conclusions and I can do that as well as anybody. So just because the news tells me this guy's an expert does not mean I'm going to listen to him. Nah, dude, you just read some paper from somebody who might actually be a genius. You're not a genius, bro. And I learned this the hard way. Because I had some surgeries I didn't need that were recommended to me by some of the very best surgeons in the world. They were ranked as the best in their profession. And they thought they knew my body better than me. But guess what? They didn't. 
didn't need it. Didn't need the surgeries. So for now on, you know, there's some truly expert genius people. I'll listen to those people. I'll take in what they say and I'll logically make my own deductions. It's just how it's going to be from now on. What else? You guys, you guys see we have a chicken shortage now. A chicken shortage. Tyson Inc. says the reason is that the roosters aren't doing their job. The roosters ain't fucking. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Maybe they need to put the chicks in cuter outfits or maybe grow out them titties and ass. That usually does it for me. So I don't think it's the roosters. We've been talking for a year about how this lockdown was going to do more harm than good to society. And last year, it seemed like I was talking into the wind. 40 million people lost their job, but society wasn't really feeling the pinch yet because government was giving everybody money. Well, now the chickens have come home to roost. Excuse the pun. And we got shortages of beef, chicken, gas, wood. Prices are skyrocketing with everything. 200% inflation in some sectors. And it's because of a few things. Number one, you can't have half a society sitting at home on their fat asses, watching Netflix and playing video games and masturbating and not working and expect goods and services to magically appear. I mean, that's why we need people working. All of us need some goods. We all need food. We all need homes. You need people to work to create these things. You see signs all over town now in restaurants saying, be patient with our staff. We're short-staffed. We can't find workers. Apply inside. And I get it, man. I get why people aren't going back to work. We got 7 million jobs that nobody wants to fill, and I get it. Like, why would you take a job that pays... $15 an hour when you can get, when I can sit home on my bidet all day and get $16 an hour from the government for doing nothing. And really, when you think about it, if I could get a job, let's say for $25 an hour, I'd really have to think twice. I'd really have to have a long conversation with myself about whether or not to take that job. So basically that job's paying me $9 an hour more than what I'm getting for doing nothing at home. How much is my free time worth? I could sit home and do nothing and have all my time for $16 an hour versus for an extra nine, go out and deal with some asshole boss and traffic and do something that makes me miserable. I'm really going to think about that. And look, when you print, another reason, the, the, they print, the Fed printed $19 trillion last year. $19 trillion. Most of that went right to the banks. So when you just print $19 trillion, it makes money less valuable because there's more money. It's like money becomes less valuable because it's less scarce. It's like this, like, let's say I have five friends, right? And I have two pieces of gum and all my friends, all five of them really want gum. That gum's pretty valuable. I could probably trade it for some good shit. Okay. Now let's say I have five friends who want a piece of gum, but I have 19 trillion pieces of gum. That gum doesn't carry the same value. So the price of everything right now is going up except money. And then, you know, third reason, you can't force every business in the country out of work except Amazon and Walmart and expect a good long-term economy. I mean, that's just logic, right? And then, you know, you you got Jeff Bezos, richest man in the world, buys up the Washington Post and suddenly the Washington Post becomes the biggest cheerleader of the lockdowns. And people aren't suspicious. 
It's like, yeah, man, he's making more money than God right now because of the lockdown. His store is the only store you can go to. Of course, he's pro-lockdown. Of course, Amazon's banning books that disagree with the lockdowns. Of course. I mean, can't you see through that? And you know, in the last year with everything closed, at least we should have saved some money, but we didn't. Instead, we basically just doubled up on Amazon deliveries every day. I mean, I think the bride is probably 3% responsible for Amazon's latest stock valuation. 3% purchases from the bride. A lot of people getting rich on Amazon stock. Thank the bride. Thank me because I I pay the bill. And now that we have massive inflation, the next thing you're going to see is the government's going to rush in and try to be the good guy and do price control, price fixing, because that's what the government does. They create a problem. uh, Then they come in with a law to try to fix the problem. And what that does is it creates a pressure imbalance. And then you get a burst pipe somewhere else and it's spraying out of control. So they run in there with another law and try to block it up. And then you get another pressure imbalance and so on and so forth. All price fixing is going to do is make a lot of businesses go belly up, right? What they need to do is just get the fuck out the way. So here in California now, we're having a recall because uh, Newsom sucks. And his Strategy now in this recall election is going to be to give every citizen $600, $600. We're all going to get $600. Well, not me because some people aren't going to get it, probably because I'm a white man. But giving $600 away to everybody is really not a bad strategy these days. I mean, honestly, that's kind of how I ran my campaign in seventh grade for student council. You know, vote for me and you get free cafeteria elephant ears for everybody. If you guys don't remember what an elephant ear is, it's like a giant piece of fried dough in the shape of an ear and they load it up with sugar and they're, they're delicious. I don't know if they still serve those at cafeterias. Anyway, I, I really hope that Caitlyn Jenner puts up a good fight. I don't know if she'd be any good. Um, I know she's a hard worker and that matters. Um, and I know she's courageous and that matters, but I just want to see Newsom try to call her transphobic or try to call Major Williams racist. Major Williams is a black guy. We've had him on the show. I mean, how is Newsom going to run a campaign, uh, a white man who's more privileged than maybe any white man on the planet? How's he going to run a campaign against a trans lady and a black man if he can't call them names? But this is politics now, you know, promise things you can't, can't afford, give it away. The plebs will soak it up, not realizing that it's doing more harm than good to them personally. Give it away, worried about later. Get the big banks to go along with it by giving them 10 times as much money as everybody else. I'm just saying, people, this ends badly. So I don't know, man. I don't know. It's my favorite season right now, tax season. Got to do taxes tomorrow. So, so fun. And speaking of taxes, um, that brings us to our, our next sponsor. We've got a new sponsor for the show, and it's a familiar face and voice. It's the Expat Money Show with Mikkel Thorup. They're now sponsoring us. We had Mikkel on the show recently, episode 103. Check it out. And dude was so impressive and convincing on our show and in his show. You can find his show on, um, on uh, wherever you get your podcasts. So convincing that my family has enlisted his services as a consultant for some moves we might be making. When I'm talking about moves, I'm talking about moving out of Dodge, out of the United States. 
So on his show, the Expat Money Show, they educate people about uh, secondary passports, Plan B residencies, private offshore, gold vaults, foreign real estate, uh, asset protection, and uh, real life strategies for legally eliminating your tax bill by moving overseas. And that's what we're looking into. And I'm not kidding. I'm not going to tell you where we're going because y'all are crazy, but we might be going. So listen, fellow libertarians, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I'm fed up with a government that tells me where I can go while also charging me a ridiculous amount of my salary in order to let me live under their rule. There's ways out of that. And Mikel can teach you on his podcast. You can go to expatmoneyshow.com and enlist his services if you're legit interested. So look, I mean, California right now has a net negative in population. A net negative for the first time in decades. People are fleeing this beautiful state for less beautiful places because of ridiculous ideas like, like I don't know, wanting to keep the money they earn and wanting their children to go to school or play basketball without wearing masks. Crazy, crazy things. So if you live in California and you want an adventure like we do, look up the Expat Money Show. Tell them that you, you were sent by the Dad Presents. All right, on with the show. Right now, what I want to talk about is the CIA. Uh, this is the only segment I prepared for the show. Um, the CIA and the big banks have gone woke. And if you have not already been super suspicious of wokeism, this video should be all the evidence you need. So I'm going to play the video for you, and then we will chat about it. When I was 17, I quoted Zora Neale Hurston's How It Feels to Be Colored Me in my college application essay. The line that spoke to me stated simply, I am not tragically colored. There is no sorrow dammed up in my soul nor lurking behind my eyes. I do not mind at all. At 17, I had no idea what life would bring, but Sora's sentiment articulated so beautifully how I felt as a daughter of immigrants then and now. Nothing about me was or is tragic. I am perfectly made. I can wax eloquent on complex legal issues in English while also belting Guayaquil de mis amores in Spanish. I can change a diaper with one hand and console a crying toddler with the other. I am a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I am intersectional, but my existence is not a box-checking exercise. I am a walking declaration, a woman whose inflection does not rise at the end of her sentences, suggesting that a question has been asked. I did not sneak into CIA. My employment was not and is not the result of a fluke or slip through the cracks. I earned my way in, and I earned my way up the ranks of this organization. I am educated, qualified, and competent, and sometimes I struggle. I struggle feeling like I could do more, be more to my two sons, and I struggle leaving the office when I feel there's so much more to do. I used to struggle with imposter syndrome, but at 36, I refuse to internalize misguided patriarchal ideas of what a woman can or should be. I am tired of feeling like I'm supposed to apologize for the space I occupy rather than intoxicate people with my effort, my brilliance. I am proud of me, full stop. My parents left everything they knew and loved to expose me to opportunities they never had. Because of them, I stand here today a proud first-generation Latina and officer at CIA. I am unapologetically me. 
I want you to be unapologetically you, whoever you are. Know your worth, command your space. Mija, you're worth it. Sorry, guys, I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. Okay, is that the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard or what? I mean, look, guys, corporate America has bought in 100% on wokeism, and they're using it. They're using this as a tool. It gets them brownie points, and it takes heat off their backs while they work with government. Government is their tool to rape you and steal from you. Now you got the CIA going woke. The freaking CIA, professional agents of torture and drone bombs. The CIA now wants to make sure that the people dropping those bombs on the innocent heads of children in Yemen have the right skin color and genitals. I mean, those of you who've bought into this wokeness crap, are you still not suspicious? Doesn't it seem convenient to you that the very people who are doing all of the repressing, I'm talking about the repressors, it's these people, it's the CIA, it's the big banks, it's JP Morgan, people with all the power, all the money, that these are the ones pointing at white people in the suburbs and rural America and shouting, you're the oppressors. That doesn't seem ironic or nefarious to you. Look, man, the CIA has been covertly dropping bombs on brown people all over the world for 40 years at least. They torture people, agents of torture. They should change their name to the agents of torture regime. And they unilaterally decide to execute people. No trials. Now they're woke. Now they care about your skin color. Now they're making woke propaganda videos and you're not suspicious of of this wokeism. Well, you're a sucker and I don't feel bad for you. So here's the thing about the wokeism. When people like myself complain about wokeism, I think good-hearted liberals, they they hear this and they get annoyed because they, they don't understand why people would complain about equality. And I get that. Why would you complain about equality? But that's not what wokeism is. It's not about equality. Number one, it's about equity. Different thing. Look it up. But that's not it. We're not complaining about equality. The problem is that the real purveyors of all the inequality and and any justice and theft are the bankers and the war machine and the deep state, and they use wokeness to get the heat off of themselves. They're buying you off. Look, man, after the 2008 crash, liberals took it to the bankers. They went to the streets, Occupy Wall Street. They took it to Wall Street hard, and Wall Street deserved it. But somehow after that, wokeism cropped up and y'all got distracted. And I don't think it's an accident. I think wokeism is an invention of the banks and the war machine. It works brilliantly. I mean, JP Morgan Chase will put up a Black Lives Matter billboard and do diversity training with their employees. And Coca-Cola will call white people racist. And everybody will say, oh, they're so woke. They care about equality. But meanwhile, they purposefully create bubbles in the economy. The bubbles go boom. Then they get billions of dollars from the Federal Reserve that they control while you get crumbs. The middle class loses assets. The banks use the bailout dollars to buy up the assets on the cheap. Then they sell them back to you 10 years later once you finally recovered. Repeat the cycle. They're stealing from you as they are with inflation. And let's not even get into how they pay a lower effective tax rate than you because of all the loopholes they get that you don't or what actually happens when a group of people band together and beat them for once like what happened with the GameStop rebellion 
Then they just change the rules of the game. So they, they control government. Government's the referees. They control the referees. The refs are bought and paid for to rig the rules of the game to give them an unfair advantage. And then when despite the fact that you're playing in an unfair game against a superior opponent and the refs are on their side, despite that, you win one. Well, they just change the rules again and they have Robin Hood stop buys on the stock to crash the price so that they can recover their losses. I fucking hate wokeness, not because of equality. I'm all for equality. I hate it because it's distracting society from the real crimes of the elite. And now we got the CIA who literally tortures people, literally lied us into a war we've been fighting for 20 years. Now they're woke. So A-OK, everything's cool. Oh, what's that? You drop bombs on innocent children in mosques, but you're brown and you have imposter syndrome? Okay, it's all cool. Also, imposter syndrome? What the hell is that? And why would we give someone with imposter syndrome, which is obviously clearly a mental disorder, a job in the CIA? Aren't they supposed to be working with the best and brightest? And then this woman, she says, well, I'm not just checking boxes after she literally checks all the boxes. She says something like, I'm unapologetically a cisgender, multicultural, intersectional mother, but I'm not checking boxes. Full stop. Um, you mean you're a straight mom? Is that what you meant? Full stop. All of this, it's so narcissistic. So horribly narcissistic. Like, dude, I don't care what color your skin is. As long as it's something between white and deep black. You know, maybe if it's like, maybe if it's like red or not red, maybe green might be a little concerned, but it's not. I don't care if you want to touch peeners or wawas. Never have cared. When I hire someone for my business, what I want to know is, can you get the job done and how much will it cost me? That's it. All I want to know. Don't care. Skin color, peener, wiener, wawa, don't care. So this, this chick, she says, she is perfect and brilliant. And, and when did it become acceptable in society to brag about yourself in this way. If I walked around telling my friends that I was brilliant and perfect, I don't think I would have friends for very long. I don't think they'd like that. In fact, maybe I'll try it tonight at the bride's second birthday dinner. Maybe I'll walk in, I'll be like, hey guys, I I, uh, just want you to know that I am perfect and beautiful and brilliant just the way I am. And uh, yeah, I suffer from gargantuan dick syndrome and I've been oppressed by white men, but I'm no longer letting the patriarchy hold me down. And I know it's my wife's birthday, but can we just please take a moment to celebrate me? I mean, they want to label white people as the oppressors and it's a convenient tactic. Because white people is a bad by bad guy that you can't catch, right? It's like trying to pick up water with your bare hands. It's going to slip through your cracks. It's too much of it. It's too slippery. White people are friggin' everywhere. So by demonizing all white people as the oppressor, you create a target for society that they'll never be able to completely eradicate unless shit gets really weird. And I'm not ruling that out. But the fact is the oppressors 
are the people who are pointing at you and calling you the oppressor. They're the people who are exercising violence on others and the people who are stealing the wealth and the people who are starting the wars, the banks and the military industrial complex. Those are the oppressors. They are the oppressors and there's too many people falling for their bullshit. And I'm not going to let that happen to my kids. And you shouldn't let it happen to your kids when you start hearing this woke shit taught in the school. It's a very effective way to distract half the country while they continue to steal the remaining wealth we have left. And here's the, here's the sneaky thing. Here's why it's so effective, I think. Right? So many Democrats who take so much pride in being against racism, the racism that occurred in our nation's history, as they should. Our, ra- our nation has a racist history. But because of that, it's so easy to get them to go along with this bullshit. They're so afraid to call it out because they don't want to be seen as racist. And in some ways, I think they actually want to believe the nonsense that America is systemically racist to its rotten core, that that's the crux of all our problems. I think they want to believe it. They want to believe it for a couple of reasons. Number one, it gives them a boogeyman to fight. And Americans want to feel like they're doing something good. And number two, pointing at someone and yelling at them and calling them racist is a hell of a lot easier than fighting back and winning against the military industrial complex. It's a lot easier to go on Facebook and yell, you're racist, you voted for Trump, you're racist. A lot easier to do that than it is to take on a fight with the big banks in the Federal Reserve. What else? So that's the only thing I had prepared, but I got more thoughts. You know, um, COVID fear, fear porn is kind of dying down, right? You had Rachel Maddow last night saying how it's going to be an adjustment, Um you know, because she's so used and conditioned to wearing her mask, but people aren't afraid anymore. And that's why the CDC had to change gears because they were losing credibility. But now they need to keep us afraid of something, right? We had terrorists, we had 9-11, we had the economy crashing. Uh, Now we have COVID and racism, but those aren't working as well now. So they need something else. It's going to be the environment. It's going to be the environment. The environment is going to kill you and they need to control you to protect you and here's the thing with the climate change and i'm not going to get into whether it's real or not i don't know i used to buy in a hundred percent really did but that's before i realized what a bunch of friggin' liars we have running this country it might be real it might not be real i don't have an opinion but here's an opinion i do have when it comes to climate change they only ever ask you one question Do you believe it's real? And if you answer yes, then they want the Green New Deal. And if you answer no, they call you kooky. But there's some important questions they're ignoring. Like, if it's real, is it man-made? Is it caused by man? That matters. Number two, if it's real and it's caused by man, can we actually do anything to correct it? And if that's yes, well, number three, if it's real and caused by man and yes, we can correct it, what will the overall cost to society be when we take those corrective actions? You know, when COVID started, that's a question I asked. Will the lockdowns do any good? And will they do more harm than the good they do? And over time, I think the answers to those questions became pretty clear. And regard, regarding global warming, we at least need to ask these same questions before we just blindly listen again. We need to ask... Did, did man cause this? Can man fix it? And if we fix it, what's going to be the fallout, right? If they're going to just 
outlaw oil. Seems like they're leaning that way. Do you have any idea of the kind of global impact that'll have? And I'm not talking about the economy. I'm talking about people dying, right? Oil has single-handedly brought more people out of poverty and poverty kills. That's why I said before the lockdown, it's going to create poverty and poverty kills. Okay. Oil has brought more people out of poverty than anything else in the world. So if global warming exists, if it's our fault, if we can do something about it, how many lives are we going to kill in order to correct the problem? I don't know the answers to that. I just know there is an answer and we should ask that question and we should get those answers before we go along with it. Some people made a shit ton of money on lockdowns. Those same people stand to make a shit ton of money during global warming and the corrective action we take in the Green New Deal. Just think about it. So guys, that's probably enough. Let's see how long we've been at it. I don't know. I don't know how to tell the time on this thing. We've been at it a minute. Uh, Like I said, next week we will have a guest, uh, Reed Coverdale from the Liberty Lockdown. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, Please do check out our sponsor. I am not kidding. We have enlisted his service. He's awesome. And uh, thanks for joining us. We love you. Peace. (laughs) Peace.